Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We recently talked about that, and we talked about having a championship mindset. Um where we are in the process doesn't matter. Uh, our goal will always remain the same. That's to take, to take the division. Um, so that's our, our, our bar of success. Um, so that's what we go after where we fall from that. Um, you know, that's a learning experience and figuring out why did we not get there or why did we get there? Um, so to me, that stays the same. It's the division. It's the championship. It's the Super Bowl. That's where we aim. That's where our arrow is pointed and that's where we go. And then when we're done with that, if we fell underneath it, we'll figure out why, what adjustments we have to make, and we'll go from there. Welcome back to a Mark Brody show on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score on Memorial Day. I'm in for... Bernstein and Holmes today and perfectly fitting because the voice you just heard was that of Bears general manager Ryan Poles who was recently a guest on the Bernstein and Holmes show talking about expectations for this season which I think is a hugely important question and I can't wait to see the answer once we get through the summer and back into the football season here eventually and to discuss the Bears further with me here is nine-year NFL veteran Clay Harbor, who is frequently a guest right here on 670 The Score. I've seen him on television on NBC Sports Chicago, and he joins me now right here on The Score. What's going on, Clay? Happy Memorial Day, man. Not a lot, Mark. I'm great, man. Happy Memorial Day for you, too. Uh, appreciate you having me on, and I'm just glad when you said you, you saw me on TV, you said NBC Chicago, and you didn't say anything about The Bachelorette. So, uh, thank you for that. I think on one of your first appearances on the score, I might have opened that up to you, or I think I was witness to it, or something like that. But yeah, that's what I was. uh, I remember, and I was like, "Yeah, man, these guys are like." uh, They said the the Bachelorette contested Clay Harbor, like he's a nine-year NFL veteran. I was with Gabe, and he's laughing about it. Hold on a second, though. Hold on. Hold the phone. Do you know, do you know how many people would love to be in your shoes to have been a contestant on The Bachelorette to be able to have those credentials? <laughs> what I'm trying to figure out here, Clay Harbor, why do you run from it, man? I mean, they, they think that it, it sounds good in theory until you're actually out there. And you have okay. all those uh, all those feelings flying around, the cameras mm. in your face, and you're trying to date. It's it's a pretty wild experience, man. I, I kind of think it's 
similar to NFL training camp. You know, you're competing oh, for love. Wow. You're competing for football. I mean, there's some similarities there for sure. And you have to, like, drop your inhibitions, and you are at somebody else's mercy, which does sound like – sounds like the combine, actually. Yeah, it was, it was pretty wild. Honestly, like, I don't want to sound dramatic here, you know, the, and that's one of the taglines, most dramatic season ever, Bassarette, but, I mean, that's some hard stuff to do, man. These cameras in your faces, you're out uh-huh. there in, in the show, and it was, it was difficult. It's just so different from, like, what I'm used to where it's like, Yo, go out there and block this defensive end or catch this pass. Right. Instead, you are dating in front of hundreds of thousands of people. <laughs> right. Like, and literally right in front of you, flesh and blood and cameras and people directing you and telling you what to do. I guess we don't really want to think about that side of it. And I guess that's probably what the producers who put those television shows out are thinking. Let's just make this look like it's all natural and organic and things like that. Well, I will, I will, uh, Clay, I will let you off the hook in terms of any further <laughs> bachelorette talk, but uh, I reserve the the opportunity to do so in the future. I appreciate um, that. Let's yeah, talk yeah. some bears. Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk, let's talk some bears because what we were all really excited about the other day, Clay, watching the the one day that we get a glimpse of the OTA one one day per week, and there it was, man. We saw Justin Fields connect with DJ Moore. DJ Moore on a now a famous OTA double move, and he extends to make the catch. And you look at that, and you say, and I know that I'm just being you know all the hyperbole in the world, but that's that's what people can start to look forward to. And I think that that is to me DJ Moore still the essence of this offseason in terms of the most important player that they have picked up so far. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, obviously, the offensive line's big with Darnell Wright and, and Nate Davis and be able to move Cody, Cody Whitehair back to center and create that competition with Lucas Patrick. Obviously, the protection there is big, but D.J. Moore is by far and away the most important piece. I mean, you look – I mean, just look at the Eagles. Last year with Jalen Hurts, people are talking about the Eagles are going to draft a quarterback this year because Jalen Hurts can't get it done. Surprise, surprise, you get him a number one receiver, he turns into an MVP candidate. Trevor Lawrence, 12 touchdowns. All he threw was 12 touchdowns his first year, 17, 18 interceptions. All of a sudden you get him Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram. You get this guy some weapons, oh, wow. He turns into a quarterback that's in a you know top 10, top 5 discussions in some people's books. And, I mean, you even look at Josh Allen. A lot of comparisons to Justin Fields, and you give him Stephon Diggs. To me, people are so surprised and so down on these players when they don't have weapons to throw the ball to. People don't understand how important that is. At this level, you've got to have a good weapon you can rely on. Quick game. A guy, you know, you can take three steps out. He's going to be there. He's going to catch the football. The, the, the intermediate pass game, five steps, drop, out. A guy you know is going to get open, not – talking bad about the Bears receiver, but a lot of these guys are backup guys. They try hard, they play hard, they're good depth pieces, mm-hmm. but they weren't, aside from Darnell Mooney, players you could count on to get open every play like you can Darnell, um, excuse me, DJ Moore. Okay, so then the next the logical question, at least I think, is are the Bears set then? You know, you mentioned correctly that the depth chart was a lot of guys who should not have gotten as much playing time as they should have, like an equinomy of St. Brown who now could fall into place. But is this now a representative Bears offense in terms of the weapons they have and the guys who are supposed to be catching the football? 
Yeah, I think this offense gives Justin Fields a fair shake this year, and and really for the first time, I mean, offensive line included there, but I love the signing of Robert Tunney. You know, I'm a tight end. I love when you have a tight end. You go down the field, you got a a guy like Cole Komet that can't catch the ball. He's not going to go out and really get open in one-on-one situations. I love the addition of Robert Tunney. It helps Komet stay more in line. Tunney can split out. He can play outside. He can play slot. Now you can go a lot more 12 personnel and keep the defense off balance. It's a game of matchups, and he's a guy that they, creates a lot of matchup issues. And I, I love the draft pick, Tyler Scott. I, you know, I can't wait to see him in training camp and live yeah. to see, see what kind of juice he's got there. But you get Claypool, you get Mooney, you get DJ Moore. These are three guys that you can count on to make plays. you got a big body there. you got some speed there. And now Justin Fields has some guys to really work with, and I think that's going to help him. You'll see him take a big step. I mean, the running back situation, people talk about losing David Montgomery. Yeah, you lost it. I think you got better. I, David Montgomery was a great player. He worked hard, but, but David Montgomery got three yards in a cloud of dust. I like these other guys. I like Khalil Herbert, who's a home run threat. I like Dante Foreman, who after they traded Christian McCaffrey from the Panthers, that was ended up with 1,000 yards, averaging 4.7 yards per carry. I like Roshan Johnson. This guy has some juice, in my opinion. He had the, he led the nation in missed tackles force percentage last year in the NCAA. This guy can make people miss. This yeah. running back room is even better than it was last year. That's interesting. I I hope you're right. And you know, David Montgomery kind of well, I wouldn't say mouthing off, but talking about yeah. with Detroit about how he what did he say something <laughs> yeah. about he's he's we'll play this a little bit later. But how yeah. he's now with a winning team, and he was just t- exhausted yeah. by the losing and all that. What did mm-hmm. you What did you make of that? I mean, I, I I'm trying to form an opinion on that right now, and, and part of what I'm thinking is, yeah, he's right. The Bears lost ten in a row, and that sucked. And there was a loser's mentality around the Bears, but it's not yeah. like David Montgomery was some superstar with the team either. Yeah, I feel like Montgomery could have done more for a guy like him. You know, I I like Montgomery, but I, you look at the numbers last year. For some reason, I'm not. Why did Khalil Herbert average 5.7 yards per carry? Same offensive <laughs> line. David Montgomery averaged 3.5. Uh-huh. I mean that. I mean you 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 can't make that up. You can't explain that away by just saying, oh, maybe he was because Montgomery is more of an early down run. Like, no, that's a big – that's a couple yards difference per rush. You weren't out there doing everything you could have. So, in, in my opinion, I say, you know, you don't talk about the team you just left, especially a fan base that really, really loved Montgomery. And, I, you know, I played for the Lions. I, you know, I, I have love for, for Detroit over there. I had a couple of coffee. We made the playoffs in 2016. I remember playing in Seattle and, and you know, getting beat pretty good there in, in the wild card round with Stafford back in 2016. Uh-huh. But – it's like the Lions have won a ton of games here in the, in the past. Like, yeah, they, they had a decent year last year, but, I mean, throughout the century, I mean, you talk about one of the most losingest franchises in the NFL is probably the Detroit Lions. So, you know, I think they still got some work to do, and they're crowning themselves over there in Detroit. So I think they, uh, they need to just stick to the basics and grind and, and let the play do the talking. Yeah, I'm sure David Montgomery was thrilled that, the Lions surprised everybody and took a running back in the first round. I'm sure he was thrilled. We'll see. We'll see how much how important winning is to David Montgomery, right? I yeah, mean, yeah. DeAndre Swift. They they trade him and they yeah, bring in yeah. Gibbs Montgomery. I was. I mean, you really did. You really improve. You 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 know you, you trade away Williams and 
and yeah. Swift, and now you bring in Gibbs. You don't know how he's going to be. He's a rookie in Montgomery. So I think they just kind of moved laterally as far as the running back is concerned. And that was an interesting strategy for me looking at the draft. I know they have a lot of weapons and offense, but that defense was the worst yardage defense in the league last year. Yeah. And I know they drafted Jack Campbell in the first as well, but they got a lot of work to do on that defense. Oh, yeah, and, you know, they, they improved it a little bit. And Aiden Hutchinson, I think, is is a baller. I think he's for real, but he he was for sure. He was a one-man show last year, and they were spo- – the, yeah. the funny part, I mean, I, we're really probably going way too deep on the Detroit Lions right now, but, it's, yeah. but, but you know, people that I talked to before the draft, Clay, they're all saying – Oh, defense, 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 de- and then they took the running back. So it was just that that one was wild. It, it was really wild. Was. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I want to. Yeah, I mean, I, hey, they were they were over five hundred last year. Yeah. They didn't make the playoffs, and there seems yeah. to be there's like a legitimacy because here we are naming talented yeah. players on the lines, and that sucks that we're in this position that we <laughs> yeah. have to do that, right? Um, but I want to ask you too. You brought up. Um, Robert Tunyon. I want to look at Robert Tunyon v. Cole Komet because when we think about Robert Tunyon, you know, Robert Tunyon, this is he's going into his one, two, three, sixth year, so he's not old, old. And Cole Komet's in his fourth year, so so in other words, he's only two years, uh, been in the league two years longer. That is Robert Tunyon. Is Robert Tunyon a better tight end than Cole Komet? No, I would say all around no. I think okay. Robert Tunyon does some things that that are better than what Cole Komet does, but I think Luke Getze knows how to use Tunyon. Cause you, you forget, I mean, not you specifically, but I think people forget that Tunyon knows this offense. This is the same offense he ran in Green Bay. It's the same verbiage, the same terminology, because that is what Getze brought from Green Bay when Tunyon was there. And, and the, when he had that big year he, you know, with 11 touchdowns and, 600 yards and really showed he could be a red zone uh, threat there. And then obviously had the injury and he came back last year with, you know, 50 plus catches, 500 yards almost receiving. So Tunyon does a lot of good things, but he is a really smooth route runner, catch the football, not a great blocker. Okay. Coming out of college, Tunyon was a quarterback that moved to receiver that in the NFL moved to tight end. So you think about that. This is a smart guy. Guy that's got good hands, guy that runs smart, meticulous routes, a guy that can test the football, find an open spot in zone, but he's not going to move anybody in the blocking game. One of the things I love about Cole Komet, a lot of the Titans nowadays, like, you know, back in my day, we used to like to block. No, but Cole Komet is a guy that will stick his face in there and will and can block a defensive end. And that's hard to find in the NFL today, a tight end that can catch the football and block a DN. That's why I'd like to see him get extended because there's not a lot of guys out there that can do everything you need. And in this zone scheme, as much as the Bears run the ball, you've got to have a tight end that you can run the ball to the strength. And a guy like Tunyon, you're going to have to use him as a backside cutoff guy. You can't run the ball to him. You're going to have to run the ball away from him. Cole Komet, you can run the ball to him. He's a big, strong guy, and he will stick his face in there. And that's why I love Komet. Good in the play-action football game. I think Justin's going to get better at that, so we can't see a big year from Komet in the receiving game, but also Tunyon is going to be able to be used in some of those situations as well, more receiving than blocking. That That is such a, a great point. I hadn't really thought of it in those terms, and that is what you were saying about Cole Komet, that it's relatively rare when you have a tight end in this NFL who yep. can both catch the football 
and and block because it's like you're right. Every every tight end, it's like, oh yeah. Well, what are you what are you working on? Well, I'm trying to get better as a blocker, but secretly they don't really care because they're no. you know the, the really good ones are getting you know 600 to a thousand yards receiving, right? So the expectations yeah. from the coaches aren't even that high. Or am I wrong on that one? No, you're right. These guys are getting paid to catch the ball, and I mean it, it's just. It just works for them because when you don't come down to contract negotiations, typically how it works, if you're the number one tight end, are you a playmaker? You get paid more if you're a playmaker. But if you have a guy, a guy that I played with, that I respected, I think you might have heard of him. I'm not sure. His name was Rob Gronkowski. Okay, <laughs> this guy could have played offensive tackle in the NFL. He was uh-huh. back of a blocker. And that's what, to me, why I think Gronk is the greatest tight end of all time above Travis Kelsey. I love Travis Kelsey. Think he's incredible. But Grant could just do things I've never seen a tight end do. And Komet has some of those traits. He can block like that. He's big. This dude, Cole Komet, when I went out, I remember being on the field last year at training camp. I look, I'm 6'3 and some change. Uh-huh. I sit on that. I go, who is this? is Cole Komet. This guy is this big? Yeah, Cole he's Komet huge. What six, two 260 pounds. Yeah. This is a massive human we're talking about here. And this guy can do everything. It's well, not often a tight end can do it do it all like him. Well, and one thing I like about Cole Komet too, and you've you've alluded to it just in in the context of your answer, he's big and he's not afraid to use his size. Like he he like he likes to, and sometimes it's not good, but he likes to plow. He likes to not go yeah. down. He's not afraid yep. of contact. So he yeah. plays big too, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I know I'm not saying he is Gronk, but he has some traits that when I'm watching this guy, I think, wow, that's some things that remind me of a guy like Gronk, a guy that I played with. And I played with Martellus Bennett. Martellus Bennett was yeah. the same way. He's a big guy. Uh-huh. He would stick his face in there. And obviously he needed to be more consistent when he did it, but great player. And I think yes. that's just as good as, as Martellus Bennett and can oh, wow. be even better because he has those traits. And people forget, he's still only 24 years old, too. He came in the league. I think he had just turned 21. This is a young guy that's going to continue to improve, continue to get better, and he has some special traits. When I look at tight ends, you know, I played tight end for nine years. I played with Eric Ebron, Rob Gronkowski, Martellus Bennett, Brent Selleck, Zach Ertz. I've seen a lot of guys, and Komet is special because he can do a lot of things that even some of those guys I just named couldn't do. And I think he's going to have a big year this year because of that. Wow, this is one of the more heartening conversations I've had about uh, him, Cole Komet, you know, since probably his rookie year. So, I mean, I love the Martellus Bennett. Like, if you think he's better than Martellus Bennett, I know Martellus Bennett kind of crashed and burned eventually, but that that guy, he if he if he would have, and I mean this, not even jokingly, it seems like if he would have loved football more, Martellus Bennett could have been special because that guy had some great years. He was so good. I mean, even with the Bears, he was really good. Insane athlete in size and speed and. And just being able to play with Marty, unbelievable guy. And, you know, I, I agree with you. I think he, he probably could have been better if he was more focused on just football. But, I mean, he's, he's one of those guys that, I mean, he was just a special dude. He had so many things going on. He's doing, he's writing, like, kids' books. He's doing yeah. TED Talks. Sure. I feel like maybe he wasn't just specifically a football player, as a lot of the greats are. And, and I think that's one thing that maybe could have set him apart, was, right. like you alluded to. Maybe he didn't have the love specifically for football, like a lot of the other guys. But I really do think Komet 
can still have a big year. I would extend them before he does. Because like Interesting. I said, it's, you, you get what? Dallas Goddard's a solid blocker. George Kittle's pretty good. Uh-huh. I mean, besides that, the top tier of tight ends, you're not seeing a lot of guys that are really taking on defensive ends and holding them up <laughs> in the run game. That's why the right. Bears run game is so good. That's the yeah. reason. It's, I, I think we have done a good job here. I mean, you probably have talked about this kind of stuff before, but just sort of denting the the myths of football in that, uh, like, like the fact that we, and I guess it's fine if we criticize a tight end's ability to block or praise it, but it's just, yeah. it's, 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 it's I don't know if it's either lost art or if it's just something that is not focused on or, to your point earlier, these guys are, are paid to, to catch the football, period. Absolutely. Like, okay, so we, we talked about Tunyon. Love Tunyon as receiver. Tunyon was a quarterback. Then he moved to wide receiver, and now he's a tight end. He's just <laughs> not going to be able to do the same things that, that a guy like Komet can do that played Notre Dame at tight end for three years. Firstly okay. – he doesn't have the reps. And secondly, I mean, a lot of times it's just a mentality. It's something you really got to. I mean, for me, I was a guy that had to block. You know, that's how I stuck around the league. But a guy like Komet, who does both things, is going to be extremely valuable because, you know, as is, is much if, if Tunyon has more yards than Komet this year, Komet's still valuable because I'm sure – he will play a much bigger part in the run game. And it's, it's, it's difficult to do a tight end to block a defensive end. These guys are bigger than you. They're more athletic. There's a reason these offensive tackles have to weigh 320 pounds. <laughs> That's because these, these defensive ends are massive and strong. A guy like Komet holding up in line is special, and I just hope that the Bears fans realize it's not easy. And to find a guy that can do that, play in and play out, and that gives as much effort as he does. He's, he's blocking hard. Yeah. Every single play. Yeah. And that's one of the things I always look for. And this guy's blocking hard, blocking well, sticking his face in there. So I see a big year for him coming. Yeah, and I think that that's exactly what Ryan Poles is seeing in him too, and that's why he, you know, circled him at the end of the uh, year last year, saying that yeah, this is this is one of the success stories on this team. So based on everything you're saying, that's a pretty good endorsement for Cole Komet, and hopefully the Bears will eventually get something done with him. Last and what a great that was a great great nuance in that conversation. Last thing I want to ask you though, Clay Harbor, is the the comment coming in from Ryan Poles. He had been asked about what are reasonable expectations for this team, and he gave the politically correct answer, which was, oh, "We're all it's always to win the division." And, but you know, backstage they probably have a different expectation that nobody's ever going to know and nobody's ever going to see, um, and maybe they just communicate it through logic, like, "Look, we know what we got, we know what we don't got." So let me ask you, with, with the improvements that you have seen, many of which you have outlined for us here in this segment, what should logical expectations be for the Chicago? Bears next season. You know, I correlate this offseason with the offseason that the Jacksonville Jaguars had last year. Obviously, you bring in Christian Kirk, a big receiver. Um, you bring in Zay Jones, the Bears brought in Chase Claypool last year. You had the number one draft pick. The Jaguars had the number one pick. The Bears had the number one pick. You improved. You brought, you brought in an offensive lineman with, with the Jaguars with Brandon Sheriff. Here with the Bears, you bring in a you know an, an offensive lineman like Nate Davis that has played. So I think there's a lot of correlations there. You put the weapons around Trevor Lawrence, who is coming off of a slow year. Now you put some weapons around Justin Fields. I don't see why everybody thinks that this is a team that can't 
turn this thing around and do what the Jaguars did and win the division. I'm not saying I'm counting on that. I'm saying it's possible. It's not every year you have the most salary cap space and the number one pick. If you're a normal team and you're, you know, maybe you got the 10th pick and you got a middle, middle of the, the, the tier salary cap, you can't make that many moves. This is an uncommon year. The Bears have done so much this season. This is a completely different team. We, everybody's been talking about it. They still need to add some D-line help, you know, at nauseum, Yannick and Gokway, Frank Clark, maybe Leonard Floyd, all this D-linemen. But I really do think if you bring in a couple pass rushers, not just one, you probably need two, that this team can compete for the division. You look at the division, Jordan Love is gone. I'm not, I'm not in love with him. I don't know who he's going to – Aaron Rodgers isn't there anymore. Detroit, yeah, they look good, but still, this was the worst yardage defense in the NFL last year. Yeah. I'm not ready to crown them. Kirk, Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins? Uh-huh, this guy, no. the Vikings had 13 wins, but they had a negative 19-point differential. They should have been right. a 500 right. team. Oh, yeah, and, and, and they, they came down to earth in the playoffs based on what you just said, that's for sure. Against an average Giants team, yes. absolutely. Yeah, a team that I thought was fake, too, really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, great stuff, man. Um, you know, la- last last thing is, if the Bachelorette wanted you to come on for a reunion show, would you just be like straight up, no, I've moved on, I'm doing different things with my life now? Yeah, I'm I'm retired from from football, and I'm retired from the Bachelorette, Mark. <laughs> okay. um, maybe if they yeah. called me and they're like, "Yo, you know, we want you to be the Bachelor," and you know, and do uh-huh. that. You know, I have to consider that. That could be okay. fun. So maybe yeah. we'll start that campaign. But All right. you know, I'm I'm retired from the Bachelor world. <laughs> okay. So you're not ruling out the Bachelor. I'm going to leave it at that, Clay Harbor. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Great stuff. I appreciate you, and have a great rest of your holiday. Thanks, Mark. You too, man. All right, man. That is uh, Clay Harbor. That was that was really good. As the texter from the, the 847 says right at the top here, this is a great segment with some new Bears takes ready for the NFL season. I've, I just have not heard that clear of an endorsement for Cole Komet for a while. And I think in his first year and a half or so, or maybe even two years, there was so much hope for him. And he wasn't getting the, the playing time, playing behind Jimmy Graham. Oh, my God. Um, and for Matt Nagy, I mean, those things have to be added in. And it's just sort of like he, he's been on the on the rise, but the idea that he has some extraordinary ceiling had seemingly lowered. And Clay Harbor, go back and listen in this 11 o'clock segment, like really laying it out for Cole Komet and enlightening all of us on the idea that there ain't a lot of good blockers, tight end-wise, of value in the NFL. That the guys that you want on your team are the guys who can catch the football, no matter what you think, no matter what you say, no matter what you see on the field. Because we all do, and it's easy picking. Well, he can't block. You know what I mean? Like, Unfortunately, that kind of mentality is not hammered in as much as maybe it once was. And you can even say that for... Like, when it comes to the running backs and Khalil Herbert, and not a great blocker, but the best running back on this team probably. Ooh, did I say that? Is he the best? Is it Roshan Johnson? Is Roshan Johnson the best running back on this team? Ooh, Dante Foreman? Travis Homer? Anybody? Anybody? Travis Homer? No? 
not Travis Homer. Um, but anyway, I do have to take a break. I am well late for that. When we come back, there's some really good text messages that have been coming in today from all sports. A lot of good stuff from our baseball conversation earlier. A lot of people critical of David Ross, for sure, so we can get back into some of that as well. And at noon, we'll go to Wrigley Field, where Cubs writer for Marquee Sports Network will be Andy Martinez and talk about the Cubs and the Rays and all that has been going on with the Cubs. I'm Mark Grody. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let's get back to more Mark Grody on Sports Radio 670, The Score. I've been collecting your text messages today just from various reactions to topics that I've been discussing today on a Mark Grody show on Memorial Day. And I hope your day is going splendidly so far. I have not been outside yet, but I will be soon and doing all the things that you're probably doing today. But the text lines are open, 312 644-6767 is the number. We start. I'm just going to read through these, a little bit of comment, but mostly just read. Uh, LOL, who gives a bleep how to pronounce his name? His ERA is eight. <laughs> and that makes me laugh because I was talking about Jamison Tyone earlier. Jamison Tyone, who has been bad for the Cubs and his name is pronounced Jameson Tyone, but 50% of the people say Tyon, and I just don't understand. I don't get it. So uh, his name is Jameson Tyone, but he is referred to as Jameson Tyon a lot of the time. Maybe it's a Chicago thing. Tyon. It's Tyon. But it is uh, Tyon. But that's a that's a good t- uh, touche to the texture. <laughs> um. Another text. We love Grandpa Rossi, but he is a lousy manager. Um, a few texts like that. Um, MG, Derek nailed it. Ross doesn't deserve excuses, but he certainly needs them. So a lot of people frustrated with David Ross. 
I said earlier and continued to contend that this is still a Jed Hoyer team. Teams that are Cubs are in a rebuild. Uh, managers don't have a whole lot of say in what goes on during a rebuild. Eventually, more of that power will be usurped once things are bet smoothly running. If it gets to that point, because yeah, Jed Hoyer's on the clock too. No excuses, but I do think that David Ross, because a his bullpen sucks and. You know it. Come on. You look at the, the Cubs roster. You, you look at this team, and while they were and have been mostly fun to watch this season, you know what this is. And this is n- not a year that the Cubs are expecting to win the World Series. It's just not. I mean, there there is there was enough holes at the beginning of the season to look at that and say, ha, ha, who's your starters in the playoffs? And who is it? It's not Tyone. Kyle Hendricks, I mean, just just one game back, and it wasn't great, but whatever, we'll give Kyle Hendricks time. Drew Smiley, I don't know, although he's been okay. Um, Dustin Steele, yes. Marcus Stroman, yes. But when you still have games where, you know, Miles Mastroboni is playing and, you know, Mike Talkman and, you know, a, a lot of these guys who are not going to be around when the Cubs are winning games again someday. But, yeah, so I, I'm more – like the focus has to be on Jed Hoyer more than it has to be on David Ross. Um, guess I commented a little bit further than I had intended. But um, hi, Mark. Why do you say Happy Memorial Day? People lost their lives in wars. Good question. That's a good point. Yeah, it's not a happy. It's what is it? It's. Um, I hope your Memorial Day is going well. How about that? Compare the Reds roster and individual stats with both Chicago teams. Definitely better than the White Sox and on par with the Cubs. I I asked the question to open the show today. It, are the Reds good? I mean, because that's, that's what I got to thinking about yesterday as I'm watching the game. I'm like, I, it's not like, I'm not asking myself, are the Cubs bad? Because I don't think the Cubs are bad. But the question I was asking is, for the sake of the Cubs in the division, is are the Reds good? The answer that I came up with is no, not really. You know, their their rotation is struggling. They don't play good defense. They don't hit for power right now. They don't hit for average. So it's really not a good outfit. And I don't know that Ellie De La Cruz, when he comes up, solves every single problem with the Cincinnati Reds. So that was that's the that text was in conjunction too. Long time no talk. Oh, this is a oh, this is unbelievable. This text. This is great. This is from a celebrity, actually. Hello, Mark. Gary Pressy here. Gary Pressy, the former Cubs organist. Sitting back and enjoying your conversations, retirement, taking care of my 98-year-old mom, and watching the Honeymooners. (laughs) That's my guy. That's my guy. Oh, I'm so glad to hear. Cheers to your mom. Gary Pressy. I hope that she is doing Sounds like she is doing well. 98 years young. God bless her. Um, he goes on to write, long time, no talk, had fun when you were covering the Cubs uh, and enjoying retirement. Well, Gary, yeah, Gary and I, we both uh, shared in a, an affection for the honeymooner. So when he'd see me down on the field, when I'd be doing pregame stuff, he would start playing honeymooner stuff. <laughs> So that was uh, Gary Pressy. What a what a joy to hear from the Cubs' former organist Gary Pressy on a Memorial Day. Uh, Mark, thanks for being on during the holidays. It's very simple. 
It's too complicated. Everybody's making it's very simple. We need a lights out starter and a lights out reliever. Oh, everybody needs that. Then he's talking about that in, as it pertains to the Cubs. Yeah, they don't really have that. I mean, Marcus Stroman has been very good, and Stroman has a very tough task ahead of him to pitch to the Tampa Bay Rays. Shane McClanahan throwing back. 12.45 is when we will bring you Cubs baseball right here on the score. If we have time, I will uh, do another text segment a little bit later on. But we need to take a break. Coming up at the top of the hour, we go to Wrigley Field and talk Cubs. I'm Mark Grody here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. LeBron will be the greatest statistical guy to ever play the game of basketball. And there's no comparison to him. None. So, does that make him the greatest player to ever play the game? I'll leave that out for debating because I don't believe that there's a great player because our game is a team game and one player can't do it. Like, I seen Michael Jordan play before I came to play with the Bulls. You guys seen him play. He's a horrible player. He was horrible to play with. He was all one-on-one. He's shooting bad shots. And all of a sudden, we become a team and we start winning. Everybody forgot who he was. Hey, is anybody asking Scotty Pippen this question? And this question would be, are you serious? Are you just like, is anybody called him? Like, are you kidding around? Are you trolling? You're not serious, right? You're just having fun, right? You're just embittered and you're trying to debunk something that's undebunkable. <laughs> oh, Scotty Pippen. Scotty Pippen, Scotty Pippen. That's on the, the Gimme the Hot Sauce podcast with Stacey King and Mark Schanowski. Yeah, our guy, Scotty Pippen. I'm Mark Rohde. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. And actually, what are you saying right there is, I mean, it's it's kind of true. He just didn't put it correctly, or he headlined it unnecessarily. Of course, 
Who cares? I, honestly, oh, I just went Schuster there, didn't I? Who cares? I don't care that LeBron James will have been the greatest statistical basketball player of all time. We don't think about basketball really in terms of that. That's fine. Like, if that's your argument, okay. Stats are what it is, then LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time. So there's that. And then there is the MJ being bad before Pippen came along and calling him a horrible player before he came along. I mean, a little bit of that. What's true about Michael Jordan then is that he wasn't really interested in being a team player at that time. And some of it was probably the teammates with whom he was working. I mean, is Clinton is a Quentin Daly high tonight or is he available? What's going on? Who am I throwing to here right now? So and that and I always say like some of my favorite Michael Jordan to watch was before the cavalry came in because then it was just watching this explosive athlete do things and you kind of cared about the score but you're more interested in seeing Jordan school guys on the baselines pre 90s which he would just do and then the 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 sheer volume of reverses from Michael Jordan in just like your average Wednesday game against the Detroit Pistons or the Atlanta Hawks or the Cleveland Cavaliers that was always something uh, to behold. But, yeah, I, I, Pippen just putting it incorrectly in that regard. If he wants to talk about how he had to learn to become a team player, that's absolutely fine. Let's pick through a couple more of these uh, Scotty Pippen cuts, and I'll give you my opinions. Um, this one right here, the, the success of the Bulls came from the team and not Jordan. Here is Pippen again. I'll put it like this. Of all my years I played in Chicago and played with Michael, I never saw one free agent come to the Bulls and said that they want to play there with Michael. I do recall a couple of them coming there during the offseason when he retired or the two years that he was away from the game. So I say that to say this. The success of the Bulls came from a team. It didn't come from Michael Jordan. It didn't come from him being critical of other players. If anything, that discouraged players because no player wants to be talked down to, belittled, or even um, made fun of to some way. And I felt like the those were a lot of things that were brought out uh, in a documentary. You couldn't change how he spoke to his teammate. Uh, it was on video. You couldn't change how he uh, criticized his teammates. It's on video. So to look at his character as a player, uh, none of that was driving us into winning. Scotty Pippen right there again. Sounds like guys were, I don't know if I want guys that are afraid to play with Michael Jordan to play with Michael Jordan. So so that's what I would say about those guys. And uh, quite frankly, I mean, Pippen might have been right. Maybe, maybe guys didn't were afraid to play with Jordan. He didn't say afraid. I'm saying afraid. But nobody's really wanted to come here since Jordan either. <laughs> that's, that's part of the problem. You know what this whole thing really is, though? And I got more cuts, and we could play these all day, and I'm sure that you've heard them. 
the real bottom line here with this stuff with Scottie Pippen, for somebody like me who was, you know, raised on the, the 90s Bulls and was a fan of it, you know, just like a lot of you listening right now, like you revolved your social lives around it, and it was just everything, like the summers were just great in the 90s because of the Bulls. It's heartbreaking, like honestly, from a sports perspective, when you hear Scottie Pippen doing whatever he is doing, the you know feeling like he was disrespected. I'm sure some of that's true. I just feel like Scottie's gone about it the wrong way. Like again, attempting to debunk the the Michael Jordan myths. That's an undebunkable thing. I mean, six titles and. You know, mind-blowing moments from from Jordan. So he's embittered, and maybe he deserves to be, but he's just going about it all in the wrong way. And it's just, yeah, you, you know, it's something that you know we you hold. It'd be like down the road to a different degree, like in 25 years, right now. Like if you ain't relating to what I'm saying, and you need a, a better, more modern example, it'd be like somewhere down the road. Like Chris Bryant starts snapping at Anthony Rizzo and they're not buddies or, you know, just something like that where it's sort of like from a sports fan perspective, it kind of breaks your heart, you know, all in all in perspective. And it's not the biggest deal in the world, but I think there is such thing as sports heartbreak. And quite frankly, it breaks my heart to see the boys fighting like this. Scotty Pippen just he just won't go away. He just keeps coming back up with more stuff. So Scotty Pippen, I will say that Scotty Pippen is available. He is available and he will talk. He will not allow this whole thing to be a twenty four hour segment. No, sir. No, no. I mean, just kind of talking about the same things we talked about the last time Scotty Pippen mouthed off. But it is heartbreaking. One more cut. From uh, from Scottie Pippen, here here he is talking about Phil Jackson, the head coach of the Bulls. You know, he just really turned sour to me his last couple of years of coaching. Not that that took anything away from me as a player or how I played the game or anything, but it was more he became selfish. And when you're around selfish people, then things just it 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 really was the breakup of our team, to be honest. You know, one selfish guy on the team, another selfish guy coaching the team. It's just, it was time for a divorce. <laughs> yeah, and maybe, maybe that's true. Maybe that one is true. Maybe it was time. And I don't doubt that MJ had a selfish streak. I don't doubt that Phil Jackson had a, had a selfish streak again. I'm just trying to figure out where Scottie Pippen is going with all of this. What's the what's the end game? What will make you happy, Scotty? What can we What can we do? Can we Can we give you money? But no, I just really think it's it's some a friend. Dude, what is going on? Are you serious about this stuff? And uh, hey. It, he's doing another round of this stuff, so obviously maybe he'll have a sequel to his book coming out next year. <laughs> what if this is just what we get now? Every year, Scottie Pippen rips on the 90s Bulls. 
his lifelong attempt to debunk the greatness of Michael Jordan and the six title winning Chicago Bulls. When we return, let's talk about the Chicago Cubs, who could use a victory today. They play Tampa Bay today, 1245 pregame here on The Score. And coming up next, we'll go live to Wrigley Field and talk to Andy Martinez, who writes for Marquee Sports Network. I'm Mark Grody, and this is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 